Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. And we are the parents of four kids under the age of six. We know that parenting can be tough, but it's also the most important thing we have ever done. Each week, we'll share stories from our family and discuss what we're learning as we parent in real life. And hopefully, we can learn something from each other along the way. So join us once a week as we laugh about the highs and lows of parenting. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of Parenting in Real Life. We are back again. And we have another funny real-life parenting moment. So, I was making lunch for the kids, and Chloe told Nathan that the queen said that it was time for lunch. And so I was the one who told them it was time for lunch. So I asked Chloe, said, oh, am I the queen? And she said, no, you're the baker. <laughs> I thought, well, that's probably more accurate. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I make the food. I'm, nobody treats me like it's queen in this house. So. <laughs> we are excited. We had some great comments on one of our posts on our new Instagram feed. No, this was for our episode 12 yeah. on first-time parenting. So this is a few episodes back. So, Court XOXO 24 said, My advice is to realize that your baby is unique and to really get to know them instead of obsessing over what you read in books and on the internet. So true. All You know, we have four kids now, so I think we mentioned, you know, you think you know what you're doing even after you have a kid and you really don't because every kid is so unique. Mm-hmm. And what works for them is different. So that's really good advice. Then Productive MP says, My advice, don't beat yourself up if you see that your child isn't doing something that another in their age range is doing. I love that one because it's easy to compare with people around you on the internet and their kids walking or crawling or clapping or whatever and your kid's not doing that yet. Yeah. But babies do things on all different timelines and eventually they'll all get it. Maybe yours is quicker or slower than the kid next to him, but it doesn't matter. I think what she's getting at here is that you shouldn't beat yourself up. You should beat up your kid. Get on their (laughs) case and be like, what's your problem? Everybody else is doing this. I don't think that's what she's saying. I think that's what she's getting at. (laughs) Anchored Mommy says, my advice is to enjoy the little special moments. They grow so fast. So put your phone down and enjoy your baby being a baby. And this is... A tip that I think Alexis and I could probably do better at. <laughs> Both of us are like, get bigger, get bigger. Um, Until the fourth one. Then I realized, oh man, like he's not going to be a baby for long. So I'm I'm really trying to focus more on Jack's stages and his little things because I don't think I really did that with the other three. Yeah. When I see first-time parents and they post pictures of their like three-month-old and they're like, oh, they're growing so fast. And I was like, baloney, you're so excited. <laughs> but... Maybe they really feel that way. And if they do, good on them. My, my <laughs> tip for those while. people is have another baby. <laughs> First one's pushover. And then Mrs. A-OK said, my advice, don't be so hard on yourself. You're doing your best. Double hearts. Double hearts. There's an emoji. <laughs> um, I like that one too. Because you know what? Parents do things different and we're not going to do the same things as everybody else, but we're all doing the best that we can and it's still a great job and our kids are going to turn out okay. So don't be so hard on yourself. Good tips and pretty solid Instagram handles all around. Mrs. A-OK, I like that. Mm-hmm. Now on to the main event. Today we're going to be talking, mostly Alexis is going to be talking 
I was um, going to chime in. <laughs> there's two ways we prepare for these podcasts. Sometimes we both read articles, and sometimes only Alexis reads articles. <laughs> and so this is one of those times. Alexis has read a good article, and I will be the color commentary. <laughs> so this article is from Pop Sugar. It's called How to Keep Your Kids from Sabotaging Your Marriage. Um, Give them away. <laughs> that was it. End of article. Yeah. I liked this topic because I feel like this is an ongoing battle, um, especially for us because we're not great at um, some of the things mentioned on this. Not that our kids are ruining our marriage. I think we have a really good marriage, but I think there's (laughs) definitely um, the romantic part that we can work on, you know, like connecting, you know, stuff like that. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, as we we go on, on. we'll see. So the article talks about, you know, what it's like before you have kids. And honestly, Alan and I didn't really have much time of that before we had kids. Whoops. Um, And we got married really young. Alan was 21 and I was 22. So we didn't, I mean, we didn't have a lot of time to kind of, we were old, I guess. We were really young. So we didn't have a lot of time to kind of get set in our own ways when we were single. So when we got married, it was pretty easy for us. And we're both really laid back and easygoing. But it was pretty easy for us to just kind of, you know, figure out how our marriage was going to go and how we were going to get along and do things in our house. Like, that was pretty simple. For us, we didn't need a lot, a lot of time to figure out, you know, what our marriage was going to be like. And then three months later, we were pregnant, so we didn't really have a lot of time to get settled into that either. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, three months after we got married, we got pregnant for the first time, and things have just kind of been crazy ever since. Um, So once you do start going from just the two of you to one or more kids, uh, it's easy to lose sight of the importance of the core partnership, you know, the two of you, because you're so focused on these babies, because at first they need it so much, you know, they depend on you for everything for survival. And then as they get older, you're just kind of used to always doing things with your kids that I think you kind of forget that you need to do separate things with your spouse. So some of the tips that they gave, the first one was to make time for one another. And this could be like date nights. And right now, date nights for us usually mean that we're not going out. Because we're on a student budget. <laughs> Still counts. Still counts. So, but we try to do something different than just watching TV shows like we do during the week. Um, so we'll pull out a puzzle or we'll watch a movie or we'll play games together or bake a special treat. Um, something that's a little different than the everyday. So that way we can, so it's a little bit more special. And yeah. time to talk too, usually. Yeah. I, I think it doesn't need to be a lot. I don't know that. We get closer when we go to fancy places than we do having those those nights. I think those nights are fun. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I don't want to go to fancy places because that'll be fun someday. But I want to go to fancy places. Mostly Alexis <laughs> wants to go to fancy places. Um, but yeah, I think you can totally keep the romance alive just by doing something different, something you can't do during the week. Mm-hmm. I also think um, this making time for one another can also be just day to day, you know, after the kids are in bed, taking time to just talk to each other, you know? So Hmm, we should try that. (laughs) I mean, something that we do, we're both, you know, on our computers usually in the evening because we both have stuff we're working on and we'll turn on a show. And so we're not usually communicating or discussing things, you know, more important things than the, just the general surface level conversations. And so, um, you know, I think it's a good chance to take a few minutes to really connect with each other mm-hmm. uh, each day. And that could be like, you know, 10 minutes, something simple. Yep. 
Tip number two is to make time for yourself. And so... Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Um, this one I kind of struggle with. I think most moms do is just finding time in the day for something for yourself. And I think this is important because when you're taking care of yourself, then you can take care of your family. And you can connect better with your spouse once you're taking some time to really allow yourself to, you know, do something that you enjoy to make the day to look forward to, you know? Do you think this needs to be like some, like a, like a treat yourself where you like go do something fun or is this just like do something that makes you feel like an adult Mm. in your opinion? I think, I think it could be either, but probably more just what makes you feel like an adult, you know, get away from the kids for a few minutes. Cause I mean, you blog and you, yeah. Run a business and stuff. Like, are those the things you do to make time for yourself? No. Or do you see those as different? Yeah, I see those as different. I'd rather, you know, find a few minutes to read or, mm-hmm. yeah, it's more like a treat yourself type thing. Okay. You know? Yeah. So it's like find a little non-child related joy in your life. Yeah. Occasionally. And not work related. Spa days. Spa days. Oh, that sounds nice. Dream on. <laughs> Those aren't free. Oh, I know. <laughs> that that's our threshold right now. Um, but yeah, I think that's it's huge, very important. And I think that's for the men too. Like you nope. can find. A- <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> yeah. no, I think grindstone. We, women need it more, but I don't know. I, <laughs> I think no. No, you don't need it. I think we kind of get that right. We're out of the house. In, in my case, I'm out of the house more. Um, and so I don't think I need like to get away as much as yes, you true. do because you're in the thick of it all day. Yeah. We used and to do... It is thick. Even like just taking time to like exercise. Like we used to do that when we lived in Utah. Um, Alan would come home from work earlier in the day because he went to work really early. And I would go... We lived in... Um, some townhomes that had a fitness center. So I would go to the fitness center and go run on the treadmill and listen to a podcast and then come back and I think we would switch and you would go run. Mm-hmm. Even that was good. It was just like a half hour away from everybody where I could just listen to something that was uh, stimulating for my brain, you know, and and then coming back, like that was good enough too. So even taking time out of the day just to exercise without kids. Which like, for some people is fun. For us, it's not fun. It's like duty, but it still counts. It's like yeah, getting away. Getting away. Like I had all the kids climbing on me today while I was trying to exercise. Not very fun and not as effective. It's a good resistance training. That's true. Number three is don't play the martyr. Um, I feel like this is something where, this is one of our strengths is that um, Alan and I, we share the chores pretty well. And I don't ever feel like, oh, I'm doing all this stuff and Alan's not helping and, you know, I think some people might struggle with that in, in, in their relationship. And if you do, um, to it's important to talk to your spouse about it. You know, mm-hmm. let them know that you feel overwhelmed or that you feel like you need to share your responsibilities a little bit more or, you know, whatever conversation that you need to have to make sure that you're both pitching in about the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And make sure when you have those conversations, it's not blaming It's, you know, talk about how you feel. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I can't do this, Mm -hmm. you know, and let your spouse step up and, and help out rather than really be nice. If you could help me a little bit here, you know, 
the the tone of that conversation can make a big difference. What was it that we were reading? Um, the trash can comment. Oh. I can't remember what it was, but it was some article or something that we were listening to or reading. Somebody talked about how their their wife would say, like, man, that trash can's really stinking or something. And that was their subtle hint to the husband to take out the trash. That meant take out the trash. But the husband and didn't they were pick like, up yep, on that. yep, sure is. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. And so then the wife gets all upset that the husband's not doing his job, but he didn't understand that that's what she wanted, you know, mm-hmm. so just... When our trash cans full, I just say, "Hey, Alan, can you empty the trash?" And I say, "Yes." <laughs> and he says, "Yes." He takes it out. Yeah, I think I think part of this too is hopefully you have a relationship where like you both want to help, right? Like you both got into this because you wanted to do life, what life is together. And as a parent, that's a lot of work and long hours and no no breaks. So sometimes, you know, I'll see Alexis on the couch, like doing social media or whatever, and the kids are going crazy. And sometimes it makes me frustrated, but other times I realize, like, she needs this because, you know, tomorrow I'll be the one sitting on the couch doing social media when I should be helping with the kids. And so sometimes it's just, like, being aware of each other mm-hmm. and knowing when the other person needs a break. You know, like, if you can see that they're, like, spent, take pick up the slack for them for a while and, you know, and then they'll pay you back later when you need it. Mm-hmm. And so I think just being understanding and aware of like, oh, maybe they need some time right now to just not deal with the kids. I think that that's, that's something that has helped us a lot is like, you're in this together, not be judgmental of when the other person's taking a break because they probably really need it. And then just helping them, you know, by carrying a little bit more of the love for a minute. Yeah, I remember um, a marriage uh, class thing that we went to and by Matt Townsend. He's a family therapist in Utah. And he said, when when you get married, that you need to give 100% into your marriage. It's not a 50-50 thing. It's each person needs to give 100%. So that way, when somebody does slack a little bit or needs a little break, the other person's still giving 100% and can pick up on that slack and I really like that a lot just it's not of like you're doing this and I'm doing this and we each have our own separate parts is we're both doing as much as we can to help each other mm-hmm. and then that way when things need to shift one way or the other that it's okay it still That's works nice. yeah. nothing's somebody's job tip number four is you still need your girlfriends and I like that because <laughs> I don't have girlfriends right now <laughs> I feel like I haven't had girlfriends since I was in college it's been a long time so um but whenever, I guess when we lived in Salt Lake, there was a group of ladies that I would go out with and have girls' nights with. And that was really good for me just to be able to get out and talk with other ladies. Um, you know, and we'll talk about our kids or our day-to-day, whatever. You know, you just need some time with some other women who are in similar situations that you are. So you can just, you know, take some time to see, find other people that, that get you. Mm-hmm. And you need your man friends. Yeah. I'm just kidding. You don't. Be a man. Oh. You have Mm-mm. some... <laughs> nope. No, you've had some mm, man things that no. you did this summer that were fun. No. When we were... That's true. No. There, there's a man equivalent, too. And number five is keep up traditions for the two of you. So if you had the things that you did before you had kids... 
like um, do a yearly trip or, you know, you went to the movies together. Keep up those traditions. And even while you have kids, find time for that. And this is something that we didn't do very well. Maybe because we didn't have a lot of time before we had kids. I don't feel like we really built these, like, traditions that we do together. Um, but I know some people do, like, a yearly trip. And I really like that idea. We've never been in a position where I haven't been, like, pregnant or nursing. So <laughs> we can't really do a trip. But eventually we will be. And I would like to do that. <laughs> I'm shaking my head silently right now. <laughs> We do usually go to a movie on our anniversary. We got married in November, and for some reason... Oh, I guess because it's right before Thanksgiving, that's a really good time for new movies to come out. And so there's usually a really good movie that just came out. So we, we'll go see it. Yeah, this is hard for me. I'm just not a romantic <laughs> at all. I, I feel like your relationship with the person you're married to shouldn't be high-maintenance. I really like a low-maintenance relationship. Not to say it's not important, but I just don't feel like... It should be, like, so much pressure, you know? I feel like I will do a lot of things with Alexis, but I don't think I'll ever like doing any any of these big, grand things as much as, like, just making cookies together, you know? I just love the simple moments, and so for me, I don't need big traditions, you know? I like all those things, but for me, it's the little stuff that I like the most, so. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, number six is don't play family favorites. And this means, you know, don't favorite one extended family versus the other extended family. Mm -hmm. And especially, um, in front of your kids, you know, make sure that you're positive about both sides of their family because, you know, those are their grandparents, both sides. And, um, so if you need to vent or complain about either your own family or your in-laws or whatever, then do it in private with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is, luckily all, both of our families live really close to each other. So when we are up that way, um, it made it pretty easy to do that. And we're not always perfect and it's hard. Like you don't want to keep score or whatever, but we both have great families. So it's been easier. Yeah, that has definitely been an easier part of our marriage. You know, you always hear those horror stories about in-laws or whatever. Yeah. But... <laughs> no, we don't have that. No, we got lucky. <laughs> uh, number seven is present a united front. So stick together in your decisions. And I think that's huge, you know, because your kid's going to come up and ask you to do something. And if you say no, they're going to go to the other parent. And... Try and pit you against each other. Yeah. And you don't want one parent to be the you know, favorite or the pushover, you know, Mm -hmm. you need to set family rules and make decisions beforehand. So that way, when your kid asks you about it, that you are on the same page. Kids are so sneaky. (laughs) It's true. It's starting to happen. Now our kids are getting a little bit older. Oh yeah. They're starting to ask one parent and then go ask the other. Usually they do it with an earshot though. So I've already (laughs) heard what Alan's answer was, so I could just repeat it. Yes. And the final tip, number eight, is take a night off. So get away together. They suggest 24 hours to yourselves. How would that be? I know. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, But I think, you know, this is similar to, it could be a date night. You know, pay for a babysitter. How would that be? Go out. out. (laughs) We've done that sometimes. (laughs) I've heard of it. (laughs) So, but just get away together. Just... 
spend some time, just the two of you, no kids around. and Yeah. It really is refreshing. It's great. I just feel like it's more special when you go out and do something. I mean, I love our date nights at home, but I really like when we, you know, make it special and go out together. And I get it. It's magical. <laughs> just a little. Except when you get lost on the way to the restaurant and you're outside in the freezing cold. <laughs> I try and make all our dates miserable so she doesn't want to go on them anymore. Our last date, Alan had booked um, reservations at this hotel that was at a museum. I mean... Restaurant. Restaurant. He had we booked- do this so rarely, we don't even know what they're called. <laughs> Those food places? <laughs> he booked a reservation at a hotel. No. No. At- <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> I booked a reservation at a restaurant. It was above a museum, an art museum. I didn't know Madison had two art museums, so I parked by one of the art museums, and we walked all around it in the negative 20-degree Wisconsin oh, wind. Oh, it was so windy. It was so For, bad. like, ten minutes. Didn't I I see it. And so, finally, Alexis looked it up, and it was at a different art museum, which I thought was fairly close. It wasn't. And so, we walked in the negative 20-degree wind in Wisconsin, and Alexis doesn't love cold. And so it was kind of a long, miserable walk. But then the food was great, and it was a nice restaurant above a weird art museum. And, and then on our way back, we made sure to grab to some walk. hot chocolate. We did. <laughs> it actually helped a ton on our way back to have that hot chocolate. Yep. But man, that was a cold night. Hot chocolate solves everything. It does. So to wrap up. Make time for one another. Do date nights. That can be at home or away. Uh, make time for yourself. Don't play the martyr. Don't play that game. Just try and be supportive of each other. Watch out for each other. You still need your girlfriends and your man friends. You know, that can be a way to escape. Also, keep up traditions for the two of you if you're a high-maintenance couple that needs that sort of thing. <laughs> Just kidding. No judgment here. And don't play family favorites. So don't let don't let that get in the way of your relationship. Also, present a united front to your sneaky devil children, and occasionally take a night off. Hopefully that's 24 hours you can really get away, or you know, at least get a babysitter <laughs> and get out, <laughs> um, just the two of you. So our social media question for this episode is, what are things you do to keep the romance alive in your marriage? There you go. And we will be posting that on our new Instagram. Uh, P-I-R-L podcast. Yes. So comment, like it, follow us. We'll follow you back. You know it. <laughs> but it's not about that. It's not about that. And you can also tweet us individually. I'm at Alan T. Tanner. And I'm at Alexis Tanner 1. You can also check us out on my blog, learnaswego.org. Or email us at parentinginreallifepodcast at gmail.com. And thank you to our first member of our Patreon, which is my parents. So come on, the <laughs> rest of you. <laughs> um, but yeah, we appreciate it. We've got somebody on there. Um, so you can find us at www.patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash P-I-R-L. And there's also a link in our Instagram profile if you go there. You can sign up. We want you to just donate a dollar a month. So just chump change a month, but that will help us um, keep this podcast going. We promise we won't use this money to go on date nights even though we need to. Um, (laughs) 
unless just tons of you come and support us. But the first 25 is just to help us keep these podcasts coming because it's not free to host your podcasts. So, um, so please support us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're too po, which we understand, to even donate a dollar a month, then give us a rating and subscribe. Tell people about us so we can get the word out there. And as always, a special thanks to our four kids for being kids. Finger, bing, bada, finger guns.